liberty lockdown please scan your barcode your liberty ain't gone but yeah it's on hold where did it come from and where did it go it requires a fight not tweeting from your phone don't need a king get him off the fucking throne if you're riding with the thought you've always got a home the virus is scared of will come and it'll go the government knows just don't get treated like a hoe Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Liberty Lockdown. I've got my buddy, Don, of Plebeian Media. How do you pronounce it? Plebeian? Uh, so I cut it down to Pleb Media because apparently there's a bunch of uh, spelling arguments. Then there's a bunch of pronunciation arguments. And I was like, we all know what Pleb is, right? Yeah. <laughs> we can roll Pleb, right? <laughs> you, you, you may know him from Twitter. He is uh, Hilo Procurement. I, uh, you and I have gone back and forth a few times um, back late last year. I think that many of our prognostications were correct. That, that we were yeah. in for a, for a world of hurt. Um, I'm curious, how are you feeling about things now, Don? Uh, not good. <laughs> <laughs> so, seeing those silver linings all over the place, right? Mm. Well, you know, um, there there is going to be uh, good stuff to come out of this at some point. Um, you know, it's uh, it's the longest term going to the gym I can think of. Right. So you go to the gym and you come back and you're like, oh, man, I look like a T-Rex because I, I did curls. <laughs> and then, uh, you know, a couple of days later, your arms stretch back out and you're good. And then you're like, mm, my muscles again. Right. And uh, it's going to be like that, uh, except more dead bodies and uh, people starving. <laughs> and then on the other side good things might happen oh god yeah well then you're you're as black pilled as me if not more so so uh, <laughs> i i know you were you were in the military at one point um you and i have been commenting pretty aggressively about the withdrawal um i'm curious are you do you view it as i do in that ending the war is good but the methodology and everything was bad or do you think that it should have persisted uh, i i am basically with you um you know, there, I'm sure there's some pedant argument we could have about what like scale down uh, and get everybody out and what precise things should have happened. But the principle is good. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I somebody uh, I forget who because they don't matter was saying, you know, oh, the pulling out was oh, it was Kissinger. Uh, the uh adam kissinger was was saying oh the pullout was rand paul's idea so this is his fault and i was like yeah that's that's what happened you because he went uh you know what we should do is turn this into a shit show that's what (laughs) he said right no i know that that's probably the most irritating part about all of this is that you know if if you're going to end a war which america is not want to do i mean america just doesn't end wars for the most part um it kind of makes sense from the military industrial complex vantage point to make it as disastrous as possible, because then the next time we're in a forever war, uh, which may be at home next, next go around, they can, they can say, Oh, we can't end it. You saw how terribly the withdrawal from Afghanistan went. Is there, is there any merit to that argument that perhaps this was intentionally botched? Uh, yes. Um, not as much as I think, People, not for the reasons I think people give credit for, though. Okay. Um, you know, I make no mistake. Raytheon is is probably over there, like, yeah, let's just keep fucking this up, right? Because <laughs> um, that means we get to make more stuff to blow things up. But uh, for most of your politicians, I think this is a lot more straightforward. Uh, the you know, it is politically expedient at the moment, both left and right, 
generally have argued that this war should end. And the only people that haven't are like the overt neocons uh, who are out there going, well, but like we should have stayed for another hundred years. And like, well, there's nine of you. Shut up. No one cares. Uh, everybody right. else, though, is like, well, look, it's been 20 years. We did what we were going to do. Right. Uh, I mean, as bad of a take as it is, and I see it all the time. Well, we killed Osama bin Laden, so we should have just left that. Like, eh, it doesn't really accomplish much, but okay if that was your goal then fine i appreciate that there was a defined line for victory <laughs> right well i mean that that was that was the stated intention from jump street it has it has migrated now to some sort of revisionist history stance where it was about bringing uh you know freedom and democracy and and most importantly women's rights to afghanistan i mean mm. was that was that ever a thought amongst you know leadership of the military in afghanistan do you do you no. have any insight into that? Because I, I find it very hard to believe. Okay, so I was in Afghanistan in 2009, right? So about the halfway point yeah. uh, to where we are now. And around then was we were, we were doing the uh, medics, corpsmen, and women, search women kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And it was a brand new idea in 2009. 10 years in <laughs> and there was a bunch of logistical questions that we were trying to answer like well how are we even going to do this mm. uh we don't have enough corpsmen for this we don't it's an artillery unit we don't have any women <laughs> and so th this premise that like what we were gonna deal was make sure women could drive and vote uh maybe as of 2018 and then apparently trump is a feminist and all of you have some serious problems <laughs> all right so it sounds as if uh, the mission, the stated mission may have changed uh, over there, but for the most part, that was not the mission. And, and I think anybody that's old enough to remember, the mission was to go and get the people that got us on 9-11. I mean, that, that's, that's the whole justification. Uh, that's the only logical uh, ju or justifiable reason to give for why we would be invading over there. But then it turns out that ultimately the majority of the hijackers are from Saudi Arabia. Um, you know, bin Laden and his... Oh. His... I'm, I'm going to say things that make people angry. <laughs> oh, all right. Well, then then tell me if I'm wrong, please. So the there is this idea that we have, right? Like if uh, if a bunch of Americans went to, I don't know, England and did something terrible, people would go, well, they're Americans, right? Uh, and that, that makes sense to most people in the West. Uh, Afghanistan is only a country in our minds, and, and True, this has yeah. been a giant problem throughout the war as we, you know, we go over and we try to create an Afghan national army and we're, they're like, well, what is Afghanistan? I've lived in this village my entire life and I've never been more than 20 miles away and I don't care what they say in Kabul because they can't get here anyway. So what is this fighting for my country thing? And the same people that we all know have that mentality, we're expected to believe we're like, uh, well, they didn't come from the geographic area that we drew on a map as Afghanistan. Therefore, they had nothing to do with the Taliban. Like the Taliban runs through a bunch of countries all over the world. People are more loyal to that than they are to, in some cases, their local area, uh, which is the only other thing they're loyal to. But I'm expected to believe that uh, because the center of power at the time, whatever it is or is not now, uh, was Afghanistan. Uh, but the hijackers came from Saudi Arabia. We should have, what, not gone after the Taliban? We should have gone after the Saudi government? That doesn't make any sense. Well, no, I, I wouldn't argue. I wouldn't argue that either. I mean, Al Qaeda 
was who we were after, right? It yeah. wasn't it wasn't even the Taliban necessarily. Taliban was were allegedly harboring them. Maybe you can confirm. Is that mm. is that accurate? Was was yeah. the Taliban in fact harboring them? There's no allegedly about it. They were harboring them. <laughs> okay. Well, I just I just want to make sure because yeah. you have far more experience than I do in this area. So well, um, they're um it's it's the same and you can see it repeating right now with me it's isis k it's not the taliban like well they also wandered through 25 taliban checkpoints to get to the kabul airport so they could blow something up uh either the taliban which have been governing that country for the past century are so incompetent they can't search somebody or their friends (laughs) those are the only two real options yeah well and i think that's that's a fair assessment i I mean it ultimately because we are viewed as the great Satan amongst many of these people, despite their, you know, maybe even warring tribes at times, mm. we are viewed, you know, they, they create some sort of an alliance amongst each other in defeating us. I, I think that that's logical. I mean, that's, that would be human nature even uh, to do so. Um, what, what has been the, the fallout amongst, you know, military personnel, uh, the, ve- the veteran population, in terms of how how are you guys perceiving all of this, and and what has it done for your, um, you, you know, your view of military leadership moving forward? So, I was always lower enlisted, and and to say that officers and I had a rocky relationship would be an understatement of the year. Uh, they and I never got along. Um, you know, they they are always a pain in the ass to guy the guy on the ground with a gun. Uh, and the closer you are to being that guy, the worse they make your life. Right. Right. And so make no mistake, my bias is big, but I am, I, I can't name any names or even specifically say where they came from. Uh, but my show attracts a lot of active duty guys, uh, veterans, etc. And there is near universal, um, to be generous. This is bullshit. Um, everyone and their brother knew if you just yank everybody out, it's going to be a bloodbath. Uh, everyone, I mean, people who got out as, as E3s, which is basically nobody, right. Uh, are like, how did you not see this coming? I saw this coming, uh, you know, and there is, uh, let's be kind and say an undercurrent of a lot of anger. Mm Uh, in fact, it's not so much an undercurrent at this point. Um, there's some unironic, hey, all these people that you train to kill people for a bunch of years, maybe you should not make all of us hate you. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, that's exactly my thought. It, it's, it's, so, it's so blatant, you know? Like, it's, it's so egregious what they've done, not just to you guys, but, you know, in, in every regard, it's just so fucking bad like it's yeah. just so bad on every level that it's it 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 beggars belief that it's on, on accident like it, i I'm, I'm just curious do you think that there is is there any thought process to what's transpiring is it is it as simple as they don't give a fuck about veterans and they don't give a fuck about the mission over there and it's just like we're we've we've changed our plans we're gonna we're gonna relocate our troops either at home for the potential civil war if people fight against vaccine uh mandates and things like that or we're relocating for china and we're just gonna drop this thing no matter how fucked up it is we just don't care how it makes them feel or is it more malicious and is there some intention behind it uh i think it is slightly more i think most people would say malicious than that uh insofar as uh the i don't care 
you need to ratchet that up to 11, right? Like this, the I don't care is to the point that whether or not every veteran in the country is pissed off is not even in the calculus. Like, what are they going to do? Uh, you know, you hear these people talk, oh, you can't fight us. You didn't have F-15s. Uh, they, they think we will all go along with it. And look, historically, they've got a good point, right? Sure. You know, we all talk about the Battle of Athens in what, 1946? Right. It's been a while. Not a lot of veterans getting up and being like, you know what, that's it. Time to fucking drop some bodies. Right. Uh, doesn't happen. So uh, I don't think we're in the calculus, honestly. Is uh, And if if this was about China, I think that that would be even even all these woke morons that like to run around and talk about, uh, you know, yeah, well, it's, it's, we really need to be discussing white rage. Um, even they have to have the tactical acumen to go, you know, Afghanistan is, is closer to China than basically everywhere but Japan. And it's like we, we've got a bunch of bases over there. We could use those. So it's probably not China. <laughs> you know, This episode of Liberty Lockdown is brought to you by our friends over at The Daily Job Hunt. If you are in a dead-end job, if you're in a job that might require you to get something put into your body that you're opposed to, now is the time to go out and get the job of your dreams. Stop waiting. Clock is ticking. Go get it. Go to crash.co forward slash daily to sign up for the daily job hunt. The daily job hunt is just an email newsletter that hits your inbox every morning for free. Costs you nothing to give you information, inspiration, just a, a path to get that job that would allow you to still live your best life, to do what you actually want to do with it. If you're in a dead-end job, this is the moment. Again, go to crash.co forward slash daily to sign up today. Yeah, that, that was kind of my assessment. And, and in, in truth, it seems as if, um, you know, I, I've read, I don't know if it's accurate, but I've read that that China and Russia and a bunch of our alleged enemies were the first to swoop in. They were the ones that, that paid off the Afghanistan government, the the people that we allegedly trained for the past twenty years to, you know, maintain um, power once we inevitably were to leave, and they came in and they paid those guys off and they said, "We'll arm you, we'll fund you," and sure enough, those people laid down their arms and and uh, and that's that's how it went down. Is is that is that an overstatement or is that pretty accurate? I don't, I don't think that's accurate. Uh, I think that's a little bit of uh, hindsight 2020 kind of things. Okay. Um, because in the, in the world of like, I know a guy who knows a guy who is actually there kind of situations. A lot of the laying down arms was like the U S is leaving. Nope. Uh, okay. And nobody had time to do anything. Um, because one of those things that we don't talk about is that we weren't, doing basically any fighting in Afghanistan for the past couple of years now. Mm -hmm. um, all we have been doing is, is logistical stuff and mm -hmm. uh, intelligence stuff, which presumably we do better than an Afghan government that's still kind of small and kind of sucks. And so when, it, when you move from, I know in advance when someone is going to hit me and I can prepare for that, to, well, now it's the Wild West, and so you better be out there and just ready to go at all times. That's a big step. Uh, it very dramatically changes all tactical calculus. But on top of that, when you go from, I have air support, I have uh, artillery, I have tanks, I have whatever, and people to maintain these to, well, if it breaks, you're screwed. Uh, your capability to do the things that we told them to do basically becomes zero. And so they went, well, now it's unwinnable, so we're leaving. And right. I, I mean, so it was just a human calculation. They, they, it's just like, 
this is not a winnable fight. So why would we do it? Um, so mm-hmm. let's let's lay down our arms and let the Taliban, you know, do as they will. I would imagine that many of the people over there don't mind Taliban rule. I mean, especially if it if it brings peace. But I do you think that this results in, you know, continued skirmishes in Afghanistan amongst like like kind of a quasi civil war or a, a soft yeah. civil war? Um, there will be for quite some time. Um, as to whether or not people mind Taliban rule, it it really seems to, and and this is sort of my own opinion with nothing to back it up, but other than lots of years of, of talking to guys and, and being there and what have you. And, um, but they don't disagree with anything the Taliban says. Right. right. Um, you know, so you know, women shouldn't drive, get your hijab out, blah, blah, blah. Long list of things that Westerners disagree with. Fine. They're they're fine with that. Uh, Sharia law should be the law of the land, etc. Mm-hmm. Not a lot of people quite as fond of uh, the the only punishments that there are are beheadings and stoning to death. Right. Because that eventually you cross someone, you know, or, you know, someone who's important to you or whatever. And, and it. The brutality portion is seems to be the only disagreement and in the most ridiculous way possible, which is to say that until this bothers me, then I don't care. Um, (laughs) So, I mean, it's not like the populace is really all that upset with the principles of the Taliban. Um, There are some there's there's a valley in Afghanistan where they are all getting together right now and going, you know, hey, look, uh, the Americans were right. We we shouldn't be doing that. Uh, we can disagree on maybe what we should be doing, but that we know that's wrong. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that is probably going to turn into a bloodbath. Okay. Um, and that again, this comes down to uh, logistics things, right. You know, the Taliban are flying around a black Hawk with someone hanging from the skids like yesterday. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I say hanging, I mean, you know, hanging, um, actually, let, let me let me interject there, because I, I saw another video um, this morning, actually, where the, the, the guys, the guy's hands are still moving. So it looks as if and, and allegedly they were using him to go uh, to some other like the top of some other building to repair something. And they're so like they don't have any fucking clue what they're doing. So they put yeah. him on a helicopter. I don't know if that's true. Uh, but anyways, let's. We'll just throw uh, that that note. There's in there. a there's a few of them out there. Um, I anytime I mention that that video, people send me some other video where like there's one where a bird flies by under the helicopter or something like that, and they're like, "See, it's really just a bird." And I was like, "Or it's not that video I'm talking about." <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. It's no, it's definitely a human being. But uh, anyways, I don't want to get caught up in that. So you you said that there was there was two like the last two years, and and this is you know evidented by the fact that there was no casualties or hardly any casualties over the past two years. So it was clear that we had come to some sort of agreement with the Taliban or whoever, whatever other, you know, warring tribes there are there um, Mm. to have some sort of peace agreement and predicated on us leaving. And that was, that was Trump's agreement as far as I understand it. Um, But then you also said that we spent the last two years basically just doing logistics. My question to you as someone who has read Scott Horton, who has a lot of military veteran buddies, especially a, f- a handful that have served in Afghanistan, it seems to me that everyone knew that this was going to happen and that that the Taliban would take power very rapidly. I mean, sure, maybe maybe you could say that, you know, 12 days was faster than we expected it. But the, the top brass coming out and saying we had no intelligence to 
to uh, you know confirm or to ever even postulate to even believe for a second that this could happen so rapidly. Is that correct, Don? Is that or is that just uh, a flat out lie? So when when they when they said this to the to the point of how much everybody knew it is is to be fair, my prediction was wrong. I said ten days. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You know, so they yeah. held out forty eight hours longer than I thought they were gonna. Right. Right. Um, but. You know, during that 48 hours, the Taliban basically already had control of the country. So it's a half right. Um, yeah, I'd say you nailed but it. But this was uh, the when they were the, the first predictions of this were like, oh, there's no possible way they can take over the country in, in less than six months. And I went, where the hell did you get that number? <laughs> you know, um, there there was no particular reason to believe. And to the point of, you know, we're not doing a lot of fighting. We're mostly doing logistics stuff. Uh, th this is sort of how everybody knew is you can do a lot of stuff in this world, right? You, you can fight without food. You can fight without water for quite a while. Um, all the, all these people who are running, Oh, you can't, you can't live without water for uh, 24 hours. Like, well, you can, and people have, uh, and they did it on battlefields and they did it while shooting at people. So I don't know what to tell you. You definitely can. Right. Uh, is it good for you? No, <laughs> but you can do it. And those things are kind of a problem. They become a problem over a lengthy period of time. It turns out that when you run out of bullets, fighting gets really hard. Uh, and this was exemplified by those, those dozen commandos right as we swapped over to Biden and we started pulling logistical support. Um, and those guys, bad tactical situation, bad decisions all the way down, but they hold themselves off in a building and fought for like 12 hours. And if you've never been in a gunfight, 12 hours might as well be the rest of your life. Um, and in their case, it was because the moment they said, OK, that's it, we give up. They got executed in the streets. You want to talk about the end of morale? Like, hey, the, the most highly trained, the most badass uh, guys who can soak a 12 hour gunfight just got smoked in the middle of the street because we wouldn't even drop them ammo. Uh, that's the end of morale. That's how it is. Uh, Jesus Christ. So it was. I mean, why why would we not why would we not provide support to this this military that we spent allegedly spent twenty years building up and training and all this stuff? Like it just it seems as if the abandonment was intentional. And and also, if you if everyone on the ground knew that this was at best they would be able to defend themselves for six months, then those guys knew. And if those guys know that the the best they can hope for is to defend themselves for six months, then they're not going to fight. Because yeah. you have to have some expectation of victory. Otherwise, you're just, you know, you're a jihadi. You know, you just, you're, <laughs> you know, like, a, and maybe some of them are. But for the most part, it's like you still, there's a human instinct in all of this that, like, if you have a chance of winning, you will fight. If you have yeah. no chance, you're not going to. So it seems as if we never gave them an opportunity to even believe that they might have a chance of, of prevailing. So, again, I think we come down to political considerations in America, um, you know, again regardless of party and the war is popular or it was a month ago right, right. <laughs> you know right um and there's competing political uh ideas there but there's there's a little bit of doughy-eyed nonsense there's a little bit of uh you know well th this will this will help me politically and then there despite that these are the people who are supposed to care about everybody on earth they don't care, not in the slightest. And everyone should stop pretending like that's a real thing, right? Where, oh, but we, we really care about all the foreigners, specifically more than Americans. Like, 
these people are psychopaths. They don't care about anybody. Mm-hmm. Uh, so anybody includes Afghanistan. Um, now, there's a lot of question, and I, I wish I had good answers, about uh, you know, China's rolling a global Belt and Road Initiative, and the Middle East is most of you know where they're working right now. It's where they have been working on getting into for a couple of years. They rolled through Africa uh, during most of the last decade. They're going through all of the third world. Is there a strange overlap between, uh, you know, the big guy who gets his 10% and China and where we are suddenly pulling out of? Yes, there is. Um, Do I know that that's the reasoning? No. Um, Does it make sense to me? Yes. (laughs) Yeah. No, it seems logical. I mean, that's that's basically what I'm hinting at without saying it overtly is that it seems as if there was some horse trading here where two political powers decided to exchange um control over an area and and it's just it's just heartbreaking because i mean well it's not heartbreaking because i'm not my heart was never (laughs) not broken over over what we were doing over there uh but it's just it just seems as if the uh the pedal is off the rose you know like we we're, we're no longer even pretending to to be doing these things for you know good good reasons it's like it's like it's just becoming more brazen, and it reminds me of the treatment of the government to the American people now, where it's yeah. like it's like they're not even you know early lockdown, for instance, there was a lot of conversation, lip service. I'll grant you that, but there was still lip service given towards our freedom, our rights. <laughs> you know? Okay, yeah, fair. I mean, there was they they would be like, look, like even Fauci would be bring it up. He'd be like, you know what? I know people value their liberty, but like we have to come together, we have to sacrifice, and da 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 da. Now they are done. Do what pretend- you're told. Yeah, they're done <laughs> pretending that this has anything to do with rights or freedom or liberty, any any of these American values. It's all like we're done with the carrots. Here's the stick. Like this is yeah. th- this is the punishment that you're going to receive. And it seems as if I, I mean, I'm just I guess I'm asking is is this just a product of an empire in decline? Is this a product of a totalitarian? government that is taking root or or becoming more blatant in its actions what how do you view this so i am i am on the there is a long standing group of people who have been trying to establish a global government for a very long time kind of train yeah uh and i think there's more evidence for that than anybody ever wants to hear but you know now now that we've reached this part of the discussion get ready get your tinfoil hats uh <laughs> you know alex jones was right about everything as soon as there are fish people uh after that <laughs> You know, we're, that's it. He's, he's got Emperor Alex Jones uh, and we should just all follow him to our deaths. But the, the thing that for a bunch of years, and, and you can go back and watch what happened to Reagan because I'm not a giant Reagan fan, but the man liked America. Yeah. Uh, and whether he was right or wrong in any number of things is sort of irrelevant. He, he liked America, liked the idea of America, liked uh, that, you know, we were doing pretty well as a country and we're not very interested in most of these big giant globalist ideas right um and was perfectly happy i mean the soviet union was was basically the uh no this is how we're going to do global governance things and he was out there like not f you uh every single day and it's the same reason you know that they hated him that they hate trump that they hate uh basically anyone who doesn't just get on board with well America's job in the global governance is to be Team America World Police. 
Uh, and and that seems to be the opinion of these people because the UN is a joke and it always has been, but it's a global governance utility that can then go, well, dear America, you've got this big military thing. Go over there, break that, right? Uh, and that's an important thing to have for a government. You you do need somebody who can go and say, well, uh, you know, force needs to be applied, ready, go do it. And that's the seemingly the point of America in in this given you know global empire idea yeah you don't and, have a government without an, an enforcement arm of the state it just it just so happens that america which is its own government allegedly ended up being the enforcement arm of the global government yeah so. uh and so you know and the division of labor here is getting more clear as china does the belt and road thing right uh, they are now the the service industry of the government mm-hmm. um and there is some vying for power, but that's that's not new inside of any government faction, right? You know, the, the FBI argues with the CIA, argues with the NSA, argues with, you know, U.S. Marshals, et cetera. Right. And we all know this in whatever our own government is, right? You know, the, the NHS argues with uh, the, the whatever the Brit military is called as a whole, right? Like, oh, we need money at bare minimum. That argument always exists. Mm-hmm. And that argument seems to be playing out plenty is, you know, how much do we do? What do we do? And this is explains pretty easily in my opinion why china is allowed to pollute everything and the u.s is not right your job is to be the serfs that produce guys that kill people uh and that's that's it Uh, other than that you you need to just suck it up and go along um and there you know you, you see the we stopped talking about it but as as the the u.s election went on you saw every Western leader come out, oh, we're going to we're going to build back better. Uh, and you're, you're going to live in a pod and eat the bug. <laughs> and you're going to you're, you're not going to own anything, but you're going to be super happy. And I went, that sounds horrifically bad. No, <laughs> I agree. I mean, the the uh, and then the fact that they are they have been game planning, you know, pandemic uh, issues very similar to what we just went through. And mm-hmm. and then it leads to a pandemic that allows them to implement a whole bunch of these plans that they've been talking about and game planning for decades. And it's like, I, I mean, at some point you have to just drop the conspiracy theory label and be like, oh, I'm just a conspiracy analyst. Like I am, <laughs> I am literally watching you guys conspire in, in the wide open air. And I'm just pointing at it going like, they're doing right what there. they're saying. <laughs> they're doing exactly what they're saying. <laughs> Done. Stop them. Um, I, I said, I'm going to do it. I'm going to tell you how I'm going to do it. I'm going to tell you what it's going to look like. I've started to do it. I'm currently in the middle of doing it. Uh, Hey, they're doing that. Shut up. Conspiracy theorist. (laughs) It's so, it's so frustrating. (laughs) Uh, I was, by the way, I was thrilled. I got to, uh, when I was on Timcast, I got to put on the tinfoil hat that was on Alex Jones head has been on mine. So I feel, I feel a kinship to him. Um, (laughs) That that is it. You have made it, sir. (laughs) I do. That's, that's how I felt. I was like, this is, this is the mountaintop. I made it. Uh, but uh, so I wanted to ask you, has has the uh, particularly with the you know January 6th stuff and the uh, election questions, we'll just put it like that. So we stay on YouTube. Um, <laughs> ha, have the have the more conservative leaning have, have the military veterans also changed their opinions or or had it happened prior when it comes to FBI, CIA, um, you know, the the entire deep state apparatus or is it, is this a far reaching thing amongst the veteran population where, where the majority are now kind of seeing this, how we do, or is this, 
Is this still kind of just in pockets? I'm just curious. So I got out of the Marine Corps in 2012. And about six months later, I had a friend ask me, uh, Don, why does the military produce the most libertarian people I have ever met in my life? And I said, well, because all of us have spent four years with the government running every facet of your life. We know what the hell that looks like. And <laughs> we don't want to do it in the civilian world. Right. And I, I think that is the standing answer and has been for, I don't know, probably at least since Vietnam, probably World War II kind of vicinity, uh, possibly back to World War One. is, you know, when the government's in charge, things like mission accomplishment before troop welfare absolutely govern your life. <laughs> so mm -hmm. maybe we shouldn't do that at home. Right. Um, and I, I don't think most people care about the NSA's job on September 10th, 2001. That job, I think most people support, um, at least out of the veteran community. Uh, once you get to, well, do it at home too, everybody gets pissed. And that happened on September 11th, 2001. Uh, there's some guys that were in the NSA at the time who went, you would never believe how the mission changed. You know, it used to be, we, we spied a lot. That was our job. We, we, kept track of uh, every communication on planet earth that we could reasonably get our hands on except the United States. And on September 12th, uh, we were bringing in tens of thousands of new pieces of equipment so that we could do the same thing in the United States. And everybody went, I thought we couldn't do this. You know, I, I thought we were not supposed to do this. I, well, that I was thought, in the charter. I mean, the, the charter know? was that it was supposed to be for you know, foreigners. That was exclusively, that's how they basically circumvent the Bill of Rights is they say, well, the Bill of Rights doesn't apply to foreigners, so we're allowed to do it. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, that, I, I guess that's my question is, you know, as, as a patriotic American veteran, which I would imagine that like you guys take your oath seriously. It's like to uphold and defend the constitution and, you know, foreign and domestic, the whole thing. It's like, why is it that this is, this is being allowed to happen by the veteran community. And, I, and I, it's not that I'm asking you guys to go out there and, you know, die. Boom, I'm no. just, <laughs> yeah, I'm just saying, like, like, it just seems to me as if it's gotten to a point of such egregious, un-American activity amongst the, the government that it seems as if there would, inevitably, there would be some sort of, um, I don't know, meaningful protest, just to put it mildly. <laughs> Uh, so I think there's, there's basically three things that get in the way and it's the same three things it is for everybody else. Right. Um, because it, this is the same question I've been asking on the channel for, I don't know, two or three years now, which is, right. uh, you know, look, I I'm expected to believe you're going to show up for the boog. Uh, you're, you know, you're locked cock and ready to rock and, and you're, we're going to all be dropping bodies, but you can't be bothered to go down to your state capital and be like, Hey, could you at least stop doing what you're doing? Right. Uh, I, I don't believe both of these things are true. Um, and let's be honest, most of these people, almost all of them are invested in a lot of things, you know, mortgages, kids, jobs, uh, et cetera. And what, if you are someone who retired from the military, you are probably collecting a pension, um, that is going to last for the rest of your life, unless you try to fight the U S government, uh, in which case they're going to go, yeah, we're, we're not paying you, um, and that brings us back to mortgage kids. I just want to grill kind of mentality, et cetera. Uh, and last but not least is the everybody's a Fed thing, right? You know, mm -hmm. when, when the Whitmer plot happens uh, and everybody goes, okay, so they, there, there were what, 13, 18, something like that, conspirators, and 12 of them were Feds. Um, <laughs> and the Feds are the ones who are driving that we should kidnap this. Like, 
it'd be the person who stands up and is like, okay, so what we're going to do is lay siege to the White House. And everybody's like, oh, okay, Fed. <laughs> well, no, I mean, that's that's perfectly rational. And and I think it's it's true. I mean, it, the largely, like, anytime I'm posting something on Twitter and I'm saying, like, you know, if I end it or if I use the word fight in there at all, I will get a handful of people going, what do you mean by that? You know? Yeah. And I'm just like blocked. <laughs> like, you know what I, I mean? Yeah. I don't, I don't oh. even, I don't even play with it. And I like, granted, probably half those people are genuinely asking because they're like, I, I would like to fight. I would like to fight against this stuff, but I, I can't trust anybody. And, and this is, this is, I mean, if you've ever read any dystopic novel, if you, oh, yeah. if you've studied um, Stalin, if you studied uh, China, if you like any, this is this is exactly what they do: is that they they infiltrate any dissident group and they mm-hmm. they make it so that everyone is fine. I mean, I just listened to Yon Mi Park on on Rogan uh, on my drive back from Arizona, and it's like the similarities are pretty pretty stark. I was like, damn, we really we really are very far down this path, like much further than yeah. I had given credence to that. That like she was like, if even if I'm not ratting someone out. I know some like if there's three people, I know one of them is ratting me out. So yeah, no one ever talks honestly because everyone always suspects that they're being snitched on. So yep. um and, and I, it's it's worse it's than that here, uh, compared to there, right? Because they're in 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 Soviet Russia, in Maoist China, this was not ratting on you, and it definitely is now. Right. Uh, and there's no two ways about it, right? Yeah. Uh, this thing that everybody carries around, like, well, uh, we uh, we only collected the metadata, but what we know is that you three are in a dissident uh, Facebook group, and we know that because Facebook turns over everything to us, and the three of you get together every Wednesday night, and so we know you're uh, you're getting together to try and overthrow the government. Like, bro, we drink beer and play pool. <laughs> I, I mean, sure, we... We joke about throwing overthrow of the government, but we're not serious. We just we just like playing pool and drinking. Yeah, and it, you know th- this is. Uh, I I used to spend a lot of time, and I, I gave up on it because honestly nobody does it. Uh, but Kotkin has, I think, the third book is out now. But he's got three books on Stalin, and if you want to see the mentality that's guiding all of this, go read about Stalin. Uh, and what what Kotkin was doing uh, compared to everybody else, and. <laughs> He, he murders a bunch of ideas about Stalin pretty hard. Um, you know, well, Stalin uh, was, was a, a bad guy. He was a horrible cynic, and he, he was just a, a horrible dictator person. And that's the whole reason this collapsed. And none of that's true, right? Absolutely none of it. Um, and the way that Kotkin finds this out is the KGB was spying on Stalin. And because the KGB spied on everybody. Mm-hmm. And so... Uh, over the past handful of years, Russia has started opening up the KGB archives so you can go back and find out what they were doing and what they were learning. And so he went and started reading the KGB's notes on Stalin. And what Stalin talks about when nobody is, you know, there's no reason in the world for him to expect anyone will ever hear it again. Uh, Him, his closest advisor at any given time, um, you know, maybe a couple of members, uh, party members or whatever, places where you would be you know (laughs) i can't believe these schmucks believe communism if that's what you thought what stalin is saying is are we communists or not do we believe in the communist principles was lenin correct no more half measures right this man was a dedicated ideologue that's Mm -hmm. what he was um and look 
in a, a that way that you respect your enemy kind of way, you should respect it because it will be the dangerous ideologues that create the next Stalin, that are the next Stalin. Um, most of his objections that he ever dealt with were very practical objections. Uh, when the Holodomor happened, he got, you know, the, the Central Committee came to Stalin and said, if you nationalize all of these, these uh, farms, people are going to starve. And we know that uh, there's no way around it. Just just the transition. Let's say that on the other side, we are going to get better production. The transition from private farming to nationalized farming is going to make people starve. And his answer was, uh, well, are we communists? Do we believe in, in this? Are we are we going to uh, demonstrate to the world that communism is the correct answer? That That's not the answer of a cynic. Right. And, mm -hmm. and again, this was behind closed doors where no one ever should have heard about it ever. Right. But I, you know, this it's is the kind of thing that we're dealing with. Well, uh, that, I guess that's my question for you is because like, I, I'll grant you, I, I think that, you know, people like Soros and Gates are true ideologues. I'm not sure that, you know, the, the alleged political higher ups are actually ideologues. I think that they're just power hungry sycophants that will do whatever to, maintain the uh, the levers of power but it's like do you think that well i guess it depends on who you think actually runs shit so i'll ask you that but then also are the are the people that actually run shit are they truly ideologues globalist ideologues that believe that you know got to crack a few eggs to get this globalist government and we'll do whatever is necessary or are they just about power like i, I can't decide honestly uh i i think the answer is more complicated than yes or no right okay um and and you can apply that statement to wherever you're talking about. Uh, I have a hard time believing AOC is not an ideologue. Uh, okay. She, she is, um, you know, and, and she's, she's dumb and blah, 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 whatever. And, um, but she believes, um, I don't think Nancy Pelosi is an ideologue. Um, she is aiming for the globalist government kind of thing because she wants the power. Right. And I think both of these things are, you know, can be true just fine uh, down at an individual level. But much like you see play out in the world right now, it's the AOCs of the world who are out there soaking up the press, right? Who are, are you know, charge forth, we will have. Mm -hmm. um, and the Nancy Pelosi's are the ones who are making it happen uh, more often than not, right? And I think the, in the world of, of where do you find the group of people that you point at and go, those are the ones that are actually our problem. I, I think that these people learned from the 20th century that you don't have that, right? Um, there is not ever a, a central committee ever again, um, because you can blame the central committee. You can't blame the UN who was working with the World Health Organization, who uh, had a partnership with, uh, you know, the Chinese government to blah, blah, blah. There, there is so much diffused responsibility that nothing can ever be anyone's fault. And I think that's intentional mm. uh, because, you know, go go look at how we talk about the Soviet Union or uh, you know, Nazi Germany or Maoist China you can't even describe these things without the responsible party being at the head of the description. Mm -hmm. If you don't have a responsible party, it gets very hard to get people to get up and go, okay, so there's this giant web of bullshit. Uh, <laughs> and you need to like, 
you, you can disconnect one strand and that's that's going to help but it's not you know they'll they'll reattach that somewhere else and so we gotta gotta go after this giant amalgamous piece of crap that is ruining all of our lives and everybody goes like can I have an enemy, please? You know, no, no, that's, <laughs> that's, that's a great way to put it because I was thinking the exact same thing last night. I, um, the, the gold star mother, the person who lost her son, you know, three days ago in Afghanistan, she yeah. was deplatformed from Facebook. And I'm, and I'm thinking to myself, like, well, first I would like to see the MAGA movement in the streets protesting peacefully to, you know, but, but in major numbers to send a message that like, we're not going to have you deplatform a mother who is in mourning. You know, like this is this is insane. But at the same time, then I'm then I start to think to myself after I already hit send and I'm like, like, who should they protest there? You know, because yeah. like ultimately they're doing the bidding of the government. So if they go back to the Capitol, they're going to all be fucking labeled terrorists and arrested and thrown in prison forever. If yep. they if they go and they protest Facebook, Facebook people are working from home, you know, <laughs> they're distance working. So it's like it's like it's so hard to know who you actually need to send a message to. And and I. I feel for people. I mean, and this is this is why I, I I have been frequently describing our current structure as fascistic because it is now big business that that does the bidding. You know, they're they're in some yeah. ways they're they're in some ways the enforcement arm of the state. When the state can't circumvent the Bill of Rights, they just turn to private business and say, "You do it." And if mm-hmm. you don't do it, we'll fucking regulate you into the dirt. So. All these people, all these people work in unison, but it's like because of that, because of that diffusion of of tyranny, which mm. is a term that I've never thought I'd have to use. Um, right? <laughs> yeah. Now, now it's like I have no idea who to who to actually protest against or to fight against. It's it's exhausting. And, and this is again, I, I think this is intentional, right? Because if if you are Adolf Hitler and and the you know brown shirts right you can go that group right there mm-hmm. um, and once Hitler gets power it gets a little bit more diffuse because he is fascistic and he is using companies to enforce state will but you know who did it right because he was rolling strongman things out the gate saying you know I'm here to fix this blah 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 if no one is actually doing that. There isn't a person to go after. Uh, and, and you see the same issue in Afghanistan, right? We're going to go kill Osama bin Laden. Okay. Uh, 40 seconds after he was dead, right? And, and I mean this not even a full minute. Somebody went, I'll take that job. Right. And you are now into the how do you kill an idea territory. Uh, and when that idea has a lot of brute force, it's pretty hard. Um, it is. And, and, and the, I mean, this is this is what I constantly battle with is like. I, th- I think that the reason libertarianism doesn't take hold is largely because it's a peaceful ideology, like it doesn't all it wants is to be left alone, you know, so how does how does an ideology that believes in peace defeat an ideology that believes in conquering? And and this is I mean, this is an issue that Christians have dealt with for a long time, too, is like by their nature, or at least by the, the scripture, largely it's supposed to be peaceful. Now, I think that there are obviously pieces of scripture that are very much um, a war footing. And I think that that's, that's kind of the balance that has to be found where, where you need to have, I mean, this is, this is why I've been pushing back against um, libertarians that use the non-aggression principle to justify essentially cowardice. Like, like they, are, they, they are willing to to stand by as every single liberty is stripped from them, as long as it's not done 
you know, at the barrel of a gun at their doorstep, they, they'll just accept anything. And I'm like, look, you are being aggressed upon in so many layers of your life, like so many levels of your life, you are being aggressed upon and you are allowing that to happen. The non-aggression principle is not about pacifism. It's about self-defense and a meaningful self-defense. And if you are unwilling to meaning, meaningfully defend yourself, then it's, then it's just a death warrant. So and I, I don't know I how think, we, how we break people out of that. I think, uh, well, there, there's so much here, right? Um, because this, this is a thing that I talk about really, really hard in little spurts. Um, the question effectively comes down to is ideological self-defense, self-defense. Hmm. And if your answer is no, then well, but like, uh, look, just because they're making all these laws that say that you have to be a serf under a totalitarian regime, <laughs> that no one actually shot at me yet. Like, okay, uh, when they come to shoot you, you are going to find out why people don't like ant caps, right? Because it's going to be you, whoever lives in your house, uh, and 7,000 FBI agents all having a discussion at 3000 feet per second. Um, <laughs> good luck to you, you know? Yeah. Well, I mean, that, that's exactly why I say like it, it requires a, a defensive posture now, not, yeah. not once the box cars are rolling past your house to load you on them. Like you have to have a, a stance of this is my line, no further. And, and I, you know, I say it, even though I'm not a military vet, I'm not even fucking like a trained military guy. I, I, I'm not even capable of, of serving in this role. So I'm not even pretending to be some sort of badass. I'm, I'm genuinely not trying to be that guy. I'm just saying, if I don't have that mentality, we're, we're fucked. Like it's, so, it's a done deal. So uh, drop the credentialism, man. <laughs> right. <laughs> it, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. Um, it, are there, are there lessons of war that are helpful to engage in it in some long form sense? Yeah. Uh, turns out that one of those things that we should have learned from, I don't know, the Bundy ranch is that a thousand guys training or not standing there with rifles. It's a hell of a statement, you know, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and it turns out that whole giant swaths of the U S government go, maybe we should just leave. <laughs> you know? right. And so. I think, I think that the, the truth is, is that, you know, most of the guys in the, in the police force, they don't want to die for this job. They look at it as no. a job. I mean, and it's like, it's like if you basically, and I, and I go back to this point all the time, but I, I mean it when I say it, you have to test your will against theirs, your resolve against theirs. Like, do they believe? And, and this is the funny thing, because I think this is the reason that we lose so many wars as of late is that the people that we're fighting against, they're fighting for their fucking, their way of life. They're fighting for their land. They, yeah. they believe it more than we do. So it's purely a will thing. It's purely resolve. It's not even about training. It's not about equipment. It's not about um, anything other than just will, will to fight. Yeah. And, and until we have that will, I think that we are fighting a losing war. Um, but it, yes. I'm, I guess the, the <laughs> obvious next question is, when do we get that will? And, and does it only come when we're starving, when the government coffers run dry, when the US dollar becomes worthless? Like, when does it actually happen? Is it, does it have to get so bad that we have to fight from a, a, a place of poverty? Or what do you think? Um, so th this sort of wraps me around to the other thing that I meant to say and completely forgot because I'm good at doing that. <laughs> um, we, as a society, somewhere between 1940 and now, decided 
that under no circumstances violence acceptable. And this is this is the the modern day interpretation of the nap, right? Is that that you hear from ANCAPs everywhere? Is you know, if someone punches you in the face, fine, do what you have to, right? Yeah. Uh, but a guy holding a sign that says, Don, I'm coming to punch you in the face, walking towards me, has, as of yet, done nothing wrong. Right. And as he puts the sign down and winds up, he's still done nothing wrong. Right. right. And as that fist is coming forward, he's done nothing wrong. <laughs> you know, at point one seconds after my nose starts to be compressed by his fist, oh, then we can do stuff. Right. <laughs> uh, and this is this is not how the opposition looks at this, right? They, they are very aware that people, one, we, we have gotten people to think that violence is wrong. And so um, if there is any violence of any variety, that person's probably wrong, right? And two, we give credence to the people who we know lie to us the most for whatever reason, right? Um, go look at January 6th. Oh my God, they killed five police officers. They killed nobody, right? And when I say they, I mean we, because I was there. And no, no one was murdered beyond Babbitt. That's it. That's the only person where violence resulted in a death. That's it. Nobody else. But we spent almost a year. Oh, my God, these people are murderers. Well, I guess to be fair, only six months. But still, you know, they're they're, they're murderous, violent, insurrectionists. And, you know, I, I... shouted from the rooftops in absolute vain. Uh, that's not how any of that happened. And then it was, well, but, you know, they said it did. If I'm going to go to the Capitol building and go, stop doing what you're doing is too goddamn much violence, then what, what isn't violence? Right. You know, and, and if that's the case, then can we just stop saying we care about violence? And of course we can't. Um, but it brings us to this, violence is a last resort kind of thing and to to bring all the way back around to do we have to wait for poverty yeah um you know there for years and years now i used to say if as long as there's cable tv and mcdonald's nobody's gonna do anything Mm -hmm. uh and then cord cutting happens so as long as there's the internet and mcdonald's nothing's gonna happen and that remains true uh you know the one of those things that I get told a lot is, you know, Don talking to you is exhausting uh, because you, you know, there is a problem and you start going, okay, well, this is where your problem is. This is where it comes from. These are the people that you need to go uh, and, and tell them to stop doing what they're doing. And I just want to say this problem exists, drink a beer, uh, watch a UFC fight uh, and go to bed. And what you're talking about sounds like a lot of work. Yeah, it's a lot of work. <laughs> you know, you know what also is a lot of work? Uh, living under totalitarianism and starving mm-hmm. to death for the rest of your life if you're lucky enough to survive it. Well, and, and to your point about the non-aggression principle, I, I did this live stream last night where I um, countered Walter Block's arguments in favor of, in cer- certain, cer- certain circumstances, having a libertarian argument in favor of lockdowns, uh, vaccine mandates, things like that. Now, I don't, want to, I don't want to talk about that topic, but what he does make a very specific note of, and I think it's, <laughs> I know, I know, it's crazy, uh, it, but he, uh, he does make a very specific point that is, you know, absolutely necessary for this conversation that we just had, is that 
the the people that were supporting the lockdowns, the libertarians out there that were supporting the lockdowns, which by the way, fuck them. Um, they were saying that essentially it's it's like if you're a carrier, you are walking around with your fist clenched, just punching into the air, and and that that basically your my rights to um you're you're aggressing your upon right to me. Swing your fist and yeah, that, that whole argument about you swinging your fist until it hits the nose, blah blah blah. Now Walter Block makes the counter of that's not correct. That is not a, a, a proper interpretation of the non-aggression principle. It is if if you are approaching me with your fist clenched and it's cocked, that is a violation of the non-aggression principle. Because I am I don't have a I don't have an obligation to allow you to hit me in the face before I fight back. I have a I have a, I'm fully right to defend myself prior. The way I view it is. We live in a country where there is nothing but cocked fists pointed at us. And it's like, obviously, we have a right to fucking defend ourselves at this point. So I I, I don't know. I don't know what it's going to take. Honestly, this is my thesis on it, is that it's just an excuse for cowardice. I really believe that. And and I don't blame people. Like, if you don't want to fight, that's fine. Like, I get it. Fighting's scary. Yeah. But... If you're if you're going to wrap yourself in the non-aggression principle and call yourself a libertarian, fuck you. Okay? Like that's that's really how I feel about it cuz you you're not a libertarian. A libertarian believes that we have not just a right but an obligation to defend ourselves if we are being aggressed upon. And it's like these people are trying to make it so that the those that are actually applying the non-aggression principle and willing to defend themselves meaningfully now because they are being aggressed upon are in fact not libertarian. To which I say get bent. You are not a fucking libertarian. You can you can take a take a seat and let the fucking men handle this. I know this sounds sounds like I'm getting aggro here, but that's that's how I feel. Am I wrong, Don? Tell me. No, no, uh, I I have (laughs) lost a lot of friends over very similar arguments uh, from a lot of groups of people because I I I don't uh, I I try very in in just the gayest way possible. Uh, You know, (laughs) I I don't I I don't I'm not a libertarian. I'm not I'm not right wing. Just hey, people who agree that like this shit's wrong. uh, I'm here for you, and we are going to get together and stop this shit. Right. Mostly I do this because otherwise what you end up with is autistic arguments. Well, uh, is does the non-aggression principle cancel out whether or not there should be poured because it. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> Just don't care. Bottom text, you know, yeah. and sort of the, the question that, you know, is, is, is being again, historically already written, uh, you know, but is the statement, if you want peace, prepare for war accurate. And because we live in this degenerated language where oh, all war is bad. Look, you stupid bitch the question is whether or not you carry a gun or put on a seatbelt. Uh, presumably getting into car accidents is bad but you go click right. to alleviate the consequences of getting into a car accident is that bad because all car accidents are bad you stupid fuck <laughs> and <laughs> You know, but this is this is the game we play because, you know, post the 60s, for sure, what we have is, oh, war is bad, man. Uh, you know, you can't give hugs with nuclear arms as though that's a statement that fucking means anything. <laughs> and, you know, it, it's this same thing is in and this is why I said the ideological self-defense question earlier, because one of those things that we should have learned at the founding of this country is that somebody has to die for liberty. 
don't have to like that, but it's true. Uh, there's a reason that six Semper Tyrannus was a thing they said. There's a reason that there was, uh, you know, the, the blood of, uh, you know, the tree of liberty needs to be uh, watered with the blood of tyrants and patriots was said because those guys knew. Uh, look, uh, whether Let, or not for your diet. Perfect, yeah. Whether, whether or not we're doing it perfect. If you at least like this idea, there's going to be somebody somewhere who thinks you're an asshole. You need to stop and you need to get under their goddamn boot heel. And if you are not willing to tell them no hard enough to make them stop, then you're going under the booty. <laughs> That's where you're going. Yeah. Uh, and again, don't have to like it, but generally speaking, that results in somebody needing to be shot in the face. Mm -hmm. That's it. <laughs> yep. If you love playing fantasy football, but struggle to find the right resources to help with your research, the guys at football insider edge have you covered. Whether you're a season long player focused on DraftKings or FanDuel contests or that local league with your buddies, or just like to make the occasional wager each week on a couple of games, football insider edge provides you with the research tools and in-depth analysis to take your game to the next level with the proprietary model matchup charts and industry award-winning content. The team at football insider edge have devoted themselves to educating their subscribers, helping them improve their play and a few special moments winning life-changing money. They are proud of the community they've built through weekly interactions on their Slack channel and take great pride in helping others to achieve their goals of becoming better fantasy players. As supporters of the show and of the Liberty Movement as a whole, they are currently offering a 20% discount on any monthly or full season plan on their website. Just go to footballinsideredge.com and use the code LIBERTY. At checkout to take advantage of this discount offer today. Again, go to footballinsideredge.com and use the code Liberty at checkout. And and if you're if you're unwilling to take that stand, it's going to be you eventually. So uh, I think that that's that's the message I'm trying to get across to people is like, look, I don't want war. I don't even want violence. I'm I'm a very peaceful person. In fact, I would be one of those people that's saying we should work towards nuclear disarmament. I think it's a very dangerous thing for there to be, you know, seven or eight countries on the on the planet that have the capacity to end all human life. I think that's a very dangerous precedent. However, I'm also not a bitch. <laughs> like like I'm I'm willing to fight to to stay free. And and this is this is kind of a baseline principle of libertarianism that that has somehow been obfuscated. It's been lost to some extent and and I am doing my damnedest to get people to at least vocalize it. The thing is, whether or not you want to fight is kind of irrelevant. I mean, <laughs> like, like seriously, it kind of is because because if you're unwilling to at least pretend, like I need you to just pretend. Can you just fucking pretend that you're with me here? Because I need people to make it seem as if we are a daunting foe that you don't want to fuck with us. Like that's all I'm trying to get people to do. Now, now, granted, it's important that there is an actual meaningful defense also. Like, yeah. but, but the truth is like, they've always said that there was only 3% of people that fought in the, in the, uh, revolutionary war. war. Yeah. It's like, but I bet there was 10% of people talking shit, you know, like, <laughs> so. well, this, this is where you get all the numbers games about, Oh, how many people was it? Right. Cause the, well, only 3% was in favor of, uh, of leaving the, the crown. Well, it seems like more like a quarter were in favor of leaving the crown. About 10% were willing to go stand out on street corners and yell about it. And 3% went, okay, time for guns. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So I'm just saying, can y'all be in the 10% with me? Can you at mm -hmm. least, can you at least get in the streets? Can you at least talk a good fucking game? Whether or not you'll actually fight with us, you know, we'll see. I don't know. There's no way I can know until we get there. However, yeah. If you're not willing to fucking get in the streets and talk talk some shit to make them think that we are a meaningful foe, 
we have no chance of prevailing. And in fact, they have they have fucking basically the right to rule over us because at that point we're such fucking bitches. We deserve to be ruled. Like we should we should be willing to actually take a stand. And and I I'm grateful that because of January 6th, because of the things that have happened to the conservatives in this country, it seems as if more of them are starting to realize, look, there's going to be no political option here. There's going to be no political savior. We are ultimately on our own. And when that happens, people start to talk to their friends and family. They start to talk to their neighbors and say, hey, are you with me that this is fucked up and like we're not going to allow this to persist? Um, do you think that they're that the conservatives are are largely waking up or are they are they more just holding out hope for you know Trump part two? I think we are uh, in a particularly dangerous time in history on that front. Because, um, again, Kotkin, love the guy's books, but he gives a bunch of speeches on YouTube that are, are worth watching. And he asks a lot, uh, or he, he sort of poses it as a question or something he doesn't understand. He says, in the, you know, in the, the mid-20th century, wherever the communists were in power, the fascists rose. Uh, and he, he doesn't phrase it like this. I phrase it like this to, to make the point clearer, but, and wherever the fascists were, you know, wherever the fascists were in power, the communists rose, wherever the communists were in power, the fascists rose and took over. And he says, it's, you know, he, his, his questioning is like, it's really weird. It seems like they're already in a power structure. They'd be able to do that. And he cites that in Soviet Russia, uh, the, you know, prior to Lenin rising up for the revolution, the fascists were effectively in control of Russia. Mm. Uh, and Lenin rolls through, um, in 1907, uh, and he, he gets his ass kicked, right? But he comes back in 1917, there's the revolution, and the communists take over the country, and they reign there for, you know, like almost a century, uh, 80 years or something like that. And on the flip side, in Germany, in the 20s and very early 30s, the communists had a lot of power, and they were the ones that were out there doing uh, most of the governance and Hitler shows up and he says, uh, we're not doing any of that. And then the Nazis take over Germany. And he's, it's very weird. And I thought, how is this weird? Right. When, when, how do you not understand that these people, whichever group is in power first shows up, causes a bunch of problems, pisses everybody off. And then the general populace goes, you know what, whoever is going to stop that fine. Right. And so this is, as we sit in America right now, the people who are saying communistic things are the ones that seem to be in that kind of power. You have Antifa rolling through Seattle and, and Portland and whatever. Historically speaking, what happens? The, the more fascistic come through and they say, that's it. We're putting a stop to that. Uh, and the one group of people who don't get any voice are the ones who go, how about if we just make it so if uh, Antifa rolls through your business, you shoot them in the face uh, because something, something people will take care of it for me. I want someone to come down. I want to be able to pick up my phone, dial 911, have the police show up and go, excuse me, Antifa, we're here to arrest you. Uh, and that just work out because violence is bad in all circumstances. And whereas we have hyper crystallized that in this society, let's face it, it's not a majority of people who are willing to go be violent. You know, we, in an all volunteer military where presumably the selection bias is people who stood up and said, I'm willing to die and kill for my country. 
it's something like 10% of people who actually take shots to kill. But I'm expected to believe that the, the general civilian populace are, are going to be out there like, yeah, we should just totally shoot people in the face. And th- this boils down to my problem with Ancapistan is people will put up a lot. You know, they will put up with a ton of uh, infringement until it crosses some line for them individually, personally. And by the way, once that's corrected, they don't care anymore. Uh, you know, uh, well, the new policy is that uh, prima nocta will be reinstated. Your local governor is having sex with all of your wives. Like, whoa, stop. <laughs> <laughs> it, fi- it finally got close enough to home for them to do something. Yeah, no, I and <clears throat> I see the same danger in that, you know, I actually I think of DeSantis as kind of being the the response to the tyranny that we're experiencing from the you know the communist folks even though it's still fascistic in nature because it's it's still big business that's that's making it happen but anyways well, make no mistake that's a branding issue right because the, in the world of things that i say that just absolutely piss people off there is no functional difference between the soviet union and nazi germany in method of governance yeah. And, you know, oh, but, but Don, blah, 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 excuses, whining, communists spurring for years. Uh, Hitler wrote a dictate and all the businesses had to follow it. Stalin uh, wrote a dictate, handed it to another guy and said, this is for the good of uh, everyone. And the businesses had to follow it. Right. And what what was different? It, by the way, if you if you were a problem for that, if you were uh, <clears throat> a Kulak, as it were, or I don't know, a Jew, uh, you got pretty similar treatment. That's all yeah. I'm saying. No, no, you're, you're absolutely right. I, I think that's why it's better to look at it as a liberty versus totalitarianism, um, you know, chart. It's like, like once you get towards totalitarianism, which is where we're heading, we're already quite close, to be honest. Uh, then it just, it just, it depends on, like you said, human nature, the response to whoever's in power that's like getting us close, but not all the way there. And is there a meaningful pushback that then relabels it as fascism or communism or whatever, whatever the the flip side of that graph is. And it's like, it's like, this is, this is where we're headed. If, if the people that value Liberty are unwilling to fight too. And that's, that's all I'm trying to get is have it, have it be a three-way race because at this point it's a two-way race and it's just like fascism, communism. This is where we're headed. Uh, Are you happy living the rest of your life like that? And, and I, to me, the answer is no. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, well, I mean, that was basically the the entire concept of America was that you were supposed to create a document that that made it so that it was impossible for the people that would support tyranny to vote for it. You know, that was the idea is like you were going to have such a small government because they essentially knew that 
it was human nature. If you got a government big enough and they were able to give people shit, eventually the people would vote for more shit and to rob from other people. And you would end up where we're at today. Like they knew that. So that was the, the foundation. The formulation was to try and prevent that contractually was to say, we're going to keep it so that these fucking pieces of shit can never actually rule over us. And that's, that's the whole idea. But obviously it had a good run 250 years and now it's done. Um, so now it's back to, are you willing to fight for liberty or not? And, and I know that's, that's a very uh, point blank question, but I mean it like that's, that's where we're at. And, and it's, it seems as if there are a lot of people waking up, which is great. Um, I think it's, it's maybe too late uh, before we have to have, before we see major violence. I, I guess we'll get out of here on this. Where, how do you see this playing out over the next few years? I, I know you and I are both pretty black pilled, so I'll, I'll just let you, let you run. Right.
Truth is treason and empire lies, brother. Well, that's, that's a great way to, to end it. I think that uh, that's a valuable message. And I knew this conversation would be great. I'm, I'm bummed that we didn't get to do it sooner, but uh, I think people are going to really enjoy this. So go ahead and tell people where they can follow you. Love it. <clears throat> yeah. If you, if you like uh, people that actually fucking do shit and mean it, follow Don. Thank you for coming on, Don. It was a blast. A quick outro note before I let you guys go. If you could please go over to Instagram, search Liberty Lockdown and follow me there. Obviously, most of you already follow me on Twitter. Just broke 20,000. Thank you guys so much. That is at Liberty Lock Pod on Twitter. On Instagram, it is Liberty Lockdown. I will be back shortly with Max Borders, Sky Daddy, and then Don Hafines, the gubernatorial candidate for Texas who is moving to get rid of property taxes. Don't miss it. <music> Big shout out to everybody that's been with me since Jump Street. Appreciate y'all. Welcome to Liberty Lockdown. Please scan your barcode. Your liberty ain't gone, but yeah, it's on hold. Where did it come from and where did it go? It requires a fight, not tweet from your phone. Don't need a king, get him off the fucking throne. If you're riding with the thought, you've always got a home. The virus you're scared of will come and it'll go. The government knows this, don't get treated like a hoe. Like Nico and Shane, you're probably wondering what's happening. Scared Hollywood left these lyrical feppin' A typo with Luke might bring the nooses. We all bite the bullet, I'm the king of the gooses. Freckles and Brit didn't know I could spit. Knew I was a patriot, but now nah, I'm the shit. 
Peter Quinones Invite me on Which podcaster sends custom songs Part of the problem Now I stand with the people Dave showed the way But I am unequal Lions of Liberty Now hear me roar Beat running up But I got a bit more Robbie the fire Always running his mouth But I made him a sandwich Now I'm man of the house No malice for Nick But you're welcome to quit I went over BLM With the fire I spit Friends against government Just call us fags Copy the Cairo Put mummies in the bag Liable opinions Get thrown on the ground Silky's Mouton Was the only sound Getting so hot must be air July Screaming in the mic a rip for 59 Miles to ratio that black guns matter Now all these lefties got crazy small bladders None of us wanted war but we're ready You know I be bopping and rock steady Liberty lockdown please scan your barcode Your liberty ain't gone but yeah it's on hold Where did it come from and where did it go It requires a fight not tweeting from your phone Don't need a king get him off the fucking throne If you're riding with the thought you've always got a home The virus is scared of will come and it'll go The government knows this don't get treated like a hoe